As a medical professional, you're probably consumed by your work. Because of that, you likely miss out on big opportunities to protect and grow the wealth you work so hard for. Luckily, through passive real estate investing, you can place your capital in the hands of trusted syndicators who do all the legwork while you sit back and let your money work for you. Syndicators like Ascent Equity Group. Ascent Equity Group is led by three medical professionals turned full-time real estate investors who have secured a quarter of a billion dollars in assets in just three years. And their latest opportunity, Sunrise and Chandler, is open now. Sunrise and Chandler is an exciting 177-unit value-add multifamily opportunity in the affluent city of Chandler, Arizona. This Class B asset in a Class A location was secured at a significant discount and is already cash flowing out of the gate, with 89% of the units still in need of renovation. Sunrise and Chandler is close to meeting its capital raising goal and will be closing soon. So if you'd like to learn more, visit ascentequitygroup.com forward slash best deal to schedule a call. That's A-S-C-E-N-T equitygroup.com slash best deal. This opportunity is open to accredited investors only. Research the chain of title. Don't get stuck on the deal. You can fall in love with the deal, but if the chain of title doesn't pan out and there's something wrong with it, and MERS is in the chain of title, there's a problem. Before we get into today's episode, I want to offer you a free service and a free gift. Yes, a free gift. You're a loyal best ever listener. You deserve free gifts. And it's from our best ever partner, Secure Pay One, the landlord helper. So are you a landlord or investor who's self-managing? Well, if you're self-managing, is that the best way to scale your business? And are you fulfilled by self-managing or would you rather be doing other stuff with your time? Like, I don't know, scaling your business, scaling your portfolio, making more money, bringing more rentals, rental income coming in because you're acquiring more properties. If you want to scale, if you're not getting fulfilled by self-managing, then here comes the free service. Here comes the free gift. Linda Libatory, you know her, episode 714 I interviewed her about her best ever advice, talked to her about her company, which is the solution to your problem, Secure Pay One, the landlord helper. They handle the phone calls, they handle the rent collections, they handle late payment reminders, they handle the lease violation notices, everything from the text messages, reminders, all the way to collecting the ACH payments. Linda's team will help you scale your business, whether you've got 500 units or even a handful of units go to mylandlordhelper.com forward slash joe that's mylandlordhelper.com forward slash joe they're going to give you a free 30 minute goal strategy session they'll give you free setup and the first 30 days free mylandlordhelper.com forward slash joe again if you are self-managing and you're not fulfilled by self-managing and you agree that there's a better way to scale your business, scale your investments, then go to mylandlordhelper.com forward slash Joe. Take Linda and her team up on their generous offer of giving you a trial and a strategy session to see if it's right for you. Mylandlordhelper.com forward slash Joe. Best ever listeners, welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast. We only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any fluff with us today. Dave Krieger, how you doing? I'm doing great, Joe. Well, nice to have you Thanks on the for show. Having me on. Yeah, nice yeah, to have I you. Pre- I appreciate the invite. This is great. <laughs> great. Well, nice to have you on the show. A little bit about Dave. He currently serves as a paralegal, an analyst, and consultant for attorneys 
who handle real estate matters. He is the author of four books, one of which is titled Clouded Titles, and he has won national and state news awards from the Associated Press. He's based in Austin, Texas, and he's a real estate investor. With that being said, Dave, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and your current focus? Sure. Not a problem. I started investing in real estate when I was young. Back in the late 80s, I bought my first piece of property with $2,000 down. And basically what I did was I picked up on somebody else's mistake. And what they didn't bother to do was a real estate agent who didn't bother to do his homework. And the very first time that I started getting into the listing itself, it was a 14.2 acre farm with an 1882 two-story Victorian. Now, you remember the money pit. You remember that oh, one? Yeah. Shelley yep, Long yep. and Tom Hanks? Yep. Yeah, the money pit. Well, this was a money pit, <laughs> 1882 <laughs> two-story Victorian. We thought we were getting a great deal, and we actually did. We bought it for 2000 down. We got a deed in lieu of foreclosure, and we took over the payments at 360 bucks a month. I mean, it was a heck of a deal. To us, it was anyway, and that was my first foray into real estate investing is getting a deed in lieu of foreclosure. Obviously, when the bank had the sellers transferred the title to me because the real estate agent no longer had a listing, and so he basically got cut out of the loop. So that was unintentional, but it just happened that way. And the funny thing about it is when I approached the real estate broker about this deal, he told me, go talk to the bank. Maybe they'll finance you. (laughs) And I thought, oh, this is going to be the craziest thing. Wait till he finds out about this. Well, the real estate broker wasn't too happy. When he found out, he got cut out of his commission. But since then, I purchased probably over 16 actual pieces of real estate, not to mention dozens of tax deeds that I bought and sold over time. And it's quite an experience. Every investor, of course, all your best ever listeners, obviously have a great story to tell. And I basically have been spending the last nine years of my life doing research and compiling this book and working with a network of attorneys across the country in dealing with real estate issues, foreclosures, quiet title actions, chain of title assessments. And that's why we came up with the name Clouded Titles, which we have a website, cloudedtitles.com, by that name. Yeah, and that link is in the show notes page. So let's talk about if it's been the last nine years of your life compiling this book, then I think we should spend a little bit of time on this interview talking about the book, being here, what it's all about. Clouded Titles, I have seen the cover and I am reading, it says over 70 million titles to properties are clouded. Is yours one of them? This book will help you find out. Tell us about it. Well, basically what happened is, is back in the day of what we call the Glass-Steagall era, this was when the stock market crashed in 1929. And the Securities and Exchange Commission over time came up with the Act of 1934. And basically what it did, Joe, was it restricted the big banks from getting into the securities business. So over time, what ended up happening was, The big banks said, there's got to be a better way to make money. So what they did, through some investment strategies of their own, was they devised what's called a real estate mortgage investment conduit. And in order to be able to facilitate a REMIC, which is what that stands for, real estate mortgage investment conduit or REMIC, in order to facilitate that, they had to have something that was quicker than the regular land records process because the American Land Title Association, who they got in bed with, basically agreed with them that, oh, the system of recording ownership, interest, and assignments and whatnot is too cumbersome. 
And Joe, they had to do something to fix this. And so they came up with an electronic database called Mortgage Electronic Registration Systems, Inc. And its parent at that time it was created was called MERSCorp, Inc. Now, today it's known as MERSCorp Holdings, Inc. It kind of went through a metamorphosis on February 23rd of 2012. They're both Delaware corporations. The Mortgage Electronic Registration Systems, Inc. is basically just a standalone shell that has no assets, no liabilities, no employees, no income, nothing. They've got nothing. It's a shell. And as a board of directors, it's one of the only ones I know that's a shell with a board of directors. And MERSCorp, its parent, runs everything. So they have 70 employees. They're headquartered and rest in Virginia. So they come up with this database plan, and they actually patented this plan with the U.S. Patent and Trademarks Office, and it was ready to launch in 1999. Now, what significant thing happened back then? In 1999, the Graham-Leach-Bliley Act was passed. And when that bill was signed into law by then-President Clinton, they repealed the Glass-Steagall Act. And when the Glass-Steagall Act of 1934 was repealed, it let the banks in on the game. So the banks immediately started to go out, and they started looking for investors, and they drafted these documents called 424B5 prospectuses, and any of you investors out there obviously know what that is. That's like their sales pitch. And these particular sales pitches were anywhere from 250 to 400 pages in length, and they just ran you around in circles. And when they whipped one of these on you, you just said, yeah, 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 we trust you. You're the big bank. Why would you screw us? Well, (laughs) unfortunately, this is why they made the movie The Big Short, And and the book, by the way, is one of my favorites. It's at the top of my best read list. For those of you best ever listeners who have not actually had a chance to read The Big Short, you need to get a hold of that book because it will explain a lot of why the 70 million titles to property were clouded because when Mortgage Electronic Registration Systems, Inc. was put into practice and they started to record the first deed of trust or mortgage in the land record, all the subsequent assignments disappeared, which means there was no way to know who actually owned your property. And that's where this whole thing started out, and I started doing the research. And as I started to release my research, I was contacted by attorneys who were saying, you know, I'm running into this problem, and this particular issue, I'm seeing a lot of it in my court cases that I'm dealing with. We can't explain this chain of assignments that all of a sudden starts out at the beginning and ends up at the end. It goes from A to D, but where's B and C? They're missing. So this is why you may have some issues with your titles to property. And This is one of the investor pitfalls that I talk about when I lecture to investor groups. The first and foremost thing, if you find a piece of property that you actually love, you got to step back, take the emotion out of it, And the best advice ever I can give you there is always research the chain of title. Don't get stuck on the deal. You can fall in love with the deal, but if the chain of title doesn't pan out and there's something wrong with it and MERS is in the chain of title, there's a problem. Hmm. That's the big issue with clouded titles is having mortgage electronic registration systems anywhere in the public land record involving the piece of property you're dealing with. So the takeaway is to research the chain of title, and if you see what in it exactly, you said MERS. Yes, you'll see on the very first page of the mortgage or deed of trust, sometimes it falls on page two depending on the form. I've conducted audits for county land records, Joe, where 
counties have actually paid myself and my team to go in and audit their land records and sometimes even their court records. We did one in Florida where we found criminal behavior, and we actually had an attorney go in and review our work and actually write an opinion on the document. And we basically asserted in this report, and the attorney agreed with us, that this MERS system is one step shy. It's kind of like the getaway driver in criminal RICO. Everybody knows what RICO is, racketeer-influenced corrupt organizations. This MERS system has allowed the banks to basically jump over the entire chain of title. The servicers, the mortgage loan servicers, are creating documents, and we know that the documents are being created and that the securities have been failing ever since they got started because the tenor of the investor lawsuits being filed on Wall Street now indicate the failure rate is 100%, which means that they never did the paperwork the way it was supposed to, and the sad state of affairs is, and this is the truth, is that after they got done uploading the copies of the mortgage and the note into the database at MERS, they shredded the note. They didn't need it anymore. They had an electronic copy of it. So then people say, well, wait a minute, what happens if I stop making my payments? Well, then the boogeyman jumps out of the closet because once this loan is securitized, it's like a Coke bottle. You drop a Coke bottle on the floor, it shatters into 10,000 pieces. You have no idea where your loan is. You have no idea who owns it or what piece of it might have been sold off during the Taylor, Bean, and Whitaker bankruptcy case. The Bank of America actually came into court and admitted to the bankruptcy judge in the Middle District of Florida in Ocala that... They had multiply pledged these loans. My God, Joe, that's scary. Because if you or I did that, Joe, we'd be in jail. Yep. But yet it's okay for the banks to do this. And this is what's so scary about not knowing what you're investing in because you didn't check that chain of title. Yeah, clearly the takeaway is check the chain of title. But let me bring it just from a more practical standpoint just for an investor who's listening but interesting background. I appreciate you telling the story about that. From a practical standpoint, when I'm reviewing the chain of title, what words or what entity, I heard MERS, but what's the acronym that we will see on the chain of title and that will be a red flag? Okay. On the first page or so of your mortgage or deed of trust, when you're looking in the courthouse records, because that's where you're going to find this, you will see either under paragraph C or paragraph E of definitions, you'll see the word MERS or Mortgage Electronic Registration Systems, Inc. That's what you'll see. When you see this, all of a sudden, red flags should go up and you should question what the chain of title looks like. Now, I know that the property may be just a wonderful thing, but you have to understand, Joe, way back when you had companies like Countrywide Home Loans, IndyMac Bank, Washington Mutual Bank, all of these companies, Option One Mortgage, Argent Mortgage, they all were basically giving loans to anyone who could fog up a mirror. And the problem is, is that even though the, your best ever listeners want to go out and find these properties, we're basically saying, look at the properties that basically have been held by senior citizens, because the ones that are basically transacted or consummated back in the 80s and early 90s probably don't have those chain of title issues, and those are the kinds of properties you want to focus on unless you're prepared to spend gobs of money going into court and quieting title to the property. Now, I'm not saying you can't do that. Yeah. Uh, the other backside advice to this whole thing is if you suspect there's an issue, like say you're going out and you're buying a Fannie Mae home path or a Freddie Mac property, I will never, ever buy a property from either one of these two GSEs because they're liars. 
And when you look at the addendums on all of what these banks sell you as an investor, it basically says it's your responsibility to check the chain of title out. We're not responsible if the chain of title doesn't pass muster. So if you find out you've got a clogged up chain of title and you end up like poor Francis Bevilacqua up in Haverhill, Massachusetts, buying a piece of property and getting a quick claim deed from U.S. Bank, he goes to court, he quiets the title or tries to. The judge looks at the chain of title and says, Mr. Bevilacqua, I'm so sorry, but U.S. Bank didn't own that property when they sold it to you. And he said, well, wait a minute, they foreclosed on the home. He said, yes, Mr. Bevilacqua, the judge said they did. However, the problem is, Mr. Bevilacqua, is that U.S. Bank didn't record the assignment until after they took the property. So, therefore, the entire foreclosure is a sham. And that means you don't have standing to quiet title. And then he dismissed the case with prejudice, which that's not a good thing. He basically closed the door. Mr. Bevilacqua got mad and appealed all the way to the Massachusetts Supreme Court. And in January of 2011, Joe, it set major precedent-setting case law and what the Massachusetts Supremes did is they sent it back down to the land court judge, and they said, look, dismiss this without prejudice because he's clearly got a suit against U.S. Bank who sold him a piece of property they didn't own. He's definitely got a fraud claim. He needs to get his money back. And I've saved so many investors from making mistakes, buying homes from GSEs and entities that I felt, after looking at the chain of title, didn't have the right to sell the property. Remember, in the investment world, it doesn't matter who you are or what you are. You can't sell something you don't own. Awesome. Can I ask you just a couple quick-hitting questions, really short responses from you? I just want to make sure I'm getting the process down. Does that work for you? Sure. Okay. When I'm buying a property and I want to make sure that the chain of title is not clouded, then I need to go to the courthouse to look that up, correct? Yes, go to the county land records. Okay, I go to the county land records, I look it up, and then on the first page or so, I look for Mortgage Electronic Registration, Inc., or MER, correct? MERS, yes, M-E-R-S, or Mortgage Electronic Registration Systems, Inc., yes. If you see either one of those, you have an issue with your title. And if I do see either one of those, and I do have an issue with my title then what is the most appropriate next step? Well, there's two options. One, if you've got enough money to litigate the thing and whoever you're buying the property from, if they're willing to give you, and this isn't legal advice, but this is what I know that some other investors have done, which I'm going to share with your best ever listeners. The circumstances are you want to get some sort of a stipulation to judgment to where they will not contest your quiet title action because it will so eliminate the amount of money spent on a quiet title action if you can show the judge that there's nobody else that's claiming an interest in the property and he will quiet the title in your name. Now, that's provided the fact that you get a good title. If you get a warranty deed, that's the best kind of deed to get. If you only get a quit claim deed, that's pretty shaky. Bargain and sale deeds, which are very common in New York, and quit claim deeds, basically they pass nothing. It basically says, if I give you a quit claim deed, Joe, it says, well, I might own it. I might not. But if I do, I'm deeding it to you. Now, that's not a real sound investment, is it? Right, right. Okay, cool. <laughs> Another if, thing you have to look for in the chain of title is those quick claim deeds. So that's shaky ground. Okay. You said two options. First option, if they are willing to give you a stipulation, they won't contest your quiet title action. You want to go ahead and quiet the title of the property. That's the first option. Okay. The section option is, is to run like hell, Got go it. in the opposite direction, and find something else. Got it. Because 
if you buy it, then there's a chance that there will be issues with you actually being the real owner of it, and you could get the property taken away. That's right. And it's happened for people who have paid cash in property. We have several cases that I've been researching in Florida where a property was foreclosed on by two different lenders within 30 days of each other. Mm. And the judge ended up consolidating the case because nobody could make up their mind who owned the property. We had a couple that paid cash for a property. Six months later, Bank of America is foreclosing on them. And then as far as the quick claim deed, that would also be in the courthouse records? Yes, that would be in the chain of title, and you can always look these up by the grantor-grantee index. And the beauty about this, Joe, is when you go down there to these county courthouses, you're not alone. They have clerks and recorders of deeds, registers of deeds. that are Actually, they have agents, deputies that are paid to help you. It's their job to help you look up what you need to look up, and it's as time-consuming as it might be, and I'm hoping that when you go into some of these places, they've consolidated these into electronic files on computer that makes it very easy to track. I know that there's a lot of places you can sit in the comfort of your home and you can go online and look this stuff up yourself. But when you have to go down to these small county courthouses, sometimes you may be spending an entire day there researching title. Based on your experience, I have a feeling I know what the topic's going to be on when you say your best advice. Based on your experience, what is your best real estate investing advice ever for investors? Well, the first thing is make sure you read all the paperwork. Make sure you understand what it is that you're purchasing, especially if I had to say what big mistake I made. It was taking on a note and deed of trust or mortgage, not fully understanding all the terms, only to find out later I had a balloon payment. Know the terms. Know what's going on. You ready for the best ever lightning round? I'm ready. Go for it. (laughs) Let's do it. First, a quick word from our best ever partners. Are you an investor who self-manages, talks to your residents, collects checks, and handles all the day-to-day tasks? Well, there's a better way, best ever listener, and guess what? That better way is Secure Pay One. Secure Pay One, the landlord helper, will have conversations over the phone with your residents whenever there's an issue, and the residents can pay you directly. So schedule your free trial and 30-minute session today at mylandlordhelper.com forward slash joe. That's mylandlordhelper.com forward slash Joe. The Target Market Insights podcast is just that, a show solely dedicated to help you learn about target markets through the people successfully shaping them. The show features professionals who work directly with the audience and market you want to connect with in real estate. Listen and subscribe today at targetmarketinsights.com. That's TargetMarketInsights.com. Dave, what's the best ever book you've read? I would say right now the big short tops my list. Best ever deal you've done? Negotiating with a bank on a piece of property that I got for about 200000 less than what it was listed for. How'd you do that? Basically, the property was a construction loan, and I went to the bank. They said we're about to foreclose on the property, and they said that the property is way under market. I said, look, here's what I want to do. I don't want you putting this in the MERS system. I don't want you negotiating a sale of the note. I want you to keep it, and I want you to service it, and I don't want you securitizing it. And at closing, there was a piece of paper with all those terms to that effect, which I signed, and the deal was done. You can actually negotiate with a lender if they're desperate enough to get rid of it. What's the best ever way you like to give back? I have a program called Financial Education Services. And if you email me through my cloudedtitles.com website, I'll explain how I can help you 
and this is helping your investors directly that are listening to this program, how they can help their people buy a property. Because a lot of these people in this day and age are credit challenged, and I have ways that I can help your investors help them give back and put them into affordable housing. What's a mistake you've made on a deal? I would have to refer back to taking on a note without understanding I was signing a balloon. Mm. I just loved that piece of property so bad I had to have it. It was a great deal. And all of a sudden, seven years later, I find out, wait a minute, what do you mean there's a balloon payment? (laughs) What happened to it? I ended up having to liquidate it to pay it off. Where can the best ever listeners get in touch with you? If they go through the cloudedtitles.com website, that's the easiest way. Just click on the contact me. I get the emails right in my inbox at cloudedtitles at gmail.com. That website and the email have been set up since 2010. And I'm happy to entertain any questions from any of your best ever listeners. Thank you for being on the show. You have given us a due diligence item that I suspect was not on a lot of the best ever listeners radar. And that is to look at the chain of title, go to the courthouse, look for specifically the Mortgage Electronic Registration System, Inc. on there, or the acronym that stands for what I just said. And you have two options if you find that. One is to run away as fast as you can. The second is to quiet the title. And if you haven't bought it yet, then make sure that the seller is willing to give you a stipulation that they won't contest your quiet title action. Additionally, look for if there's a quick claim deed on there as well. First off, did I summarize that correctly? You did. That was excellent. What a great student, Joe Fairless. (laughs) All right, great. Well, thanks so much for being on the show. Hope you have a best ever day, and we'll talk to you soon. You do the same, sir. Thank you. The Target Market Insights podcast is just that a show solely dedicated to help you learn about target markets through the people successfully shaping them. The show features professionals who work directly with the audience and market you want to connect with in real estate. Listen and subscribe today at targetmarketinsights.com. That's targetmarketinsights.com.